This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser, by Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji, Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes, and Pine Ridge Service. Well, today we get to talk to Captain Ron Hunter, who has just been inducted into the uh, Minnesota Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. Ron, first of all, congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, so tell me about the process. How does one get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Well, I'll tell you, according to Gary Roach, it takes a lot of hard work, but I was just having fun the whole process. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Judge Resort is where I learned how to fish over there on Big Winnie back when I was just a pup down from Iowa. And Mom and Dad, you know, vacation up there. And uh, after uh, the service and the Navy and, and uh, the wife took her up there fishing, and she loved the area, too, and so that's kind of what we worked towards, and we ended up owning Judd's. Yeah, you owned Judd's for a lot of, long time. How many years? Uh, we were there about 30 years. Okay, wow. So like so many people, you, you found, it, found it as a vacation from your childhood. I hear that story from so many people and just fall in love with the area. Well, I love the area. There's so much to do up there and the scenery and all that we got and yeah, and a lot of good neighbors. That's one of the big factors. And I never called it work because we were having too much fun. And, and where else can you fish and, and make a little, a little money on the side? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the resort business, though, uh, the, the, the resort side of it can be a little bit hard. you got to keep you know everything working. And uh, it's a lot of long hours in the summertime. But uh, if you can do a little guide and get out there fishing, that, uh, that takes some of the sting away. That's for sure. Yeah, we started off just the wife and our daughters and I, and, uh, and then we just kept growing and growing and ended up running three launches out of there, and a couple of guide boats and in the process. Well, a lot of good things happened. I got to host a group of Russians, and uh, we got to spend a lot of money on Big Winnie through the state and federal government. We got a lot of money towards our stabilization of our shoreline, and which in turn brought back a natural habitat for spawning beds for the walleye. And that's why it's one of the premier, one of the premier lakes up north. No question about it. Um, Ron, you, um, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Can you tell us the process? Did somebody nominate you? And, and then what happened after that? Uh, Gary Roach, uh, Mr. Walleye, he's the one that uh, threw my name in the hat. And then it's kind of a long process of, it started off last year, really, and you go through uh, a board, and it goes through another board, and then it goes up for a vote, and then after the vote, uh, that's when you get uh, inducted, which will be in March at the Minneapolis Sports Show. Okay. Well, what did, what were your thoughts when you heard you were getting in? Unbelievable. I, it was really hard for me to believe, and uh, like I told Gary when he called me and told me he put my name in there, I said, Gary, there's so many great fishermen up north and all over the state of Minnesota, really. So many people have done things for the fishing industry and for the state. And then he started going over things that I'd done, and, and uh, then when I had to write my little essay on all this stuff, why? 
I didn't realize all the stuff that I'd accomplished in my short lifetime. <laughs> it's funny when you're in the in the midst of something, you you know, it's just it's just part of the day, and then you sit back after a while, and you go, "Wow, that that really was a lot yep. of stuff." Yeah, I get to meet a lot of great people like you. You know, I used to go over for the MS tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd see you in different different categories, and I get to call on because uh, I'm working with Lawrence Electronics now doing walleye and bass tournaments and doing dealer calls for them and so i get to stay in touch yet with all the the people that i love and and, you know i relish this yeah you were after you sold you sold judge i presume right yeah we sold out moved out well we still got our home there on winnie uh in 2003 and uh we bought a uh 40 foot diesel pusher and started roaming and uh Doug O'Hare from Lawrence Electronics called me and I don't know if I want to do tournaments. And I said, sure, you bet. So the rest is history there on that end. <laughs> yeah, so you, uh, you, uh, I mean, sure, spend some time on Winnie, but you're seeing a lot of other lakes now with your Lawrence job, correct? I go all over the United States. And, uh, you know, that's one of the neat things about doing this, Kevin. I've got to fish a lot of different waters and everything. But I have yet to find anything that compares to what we what we have up north. Uh, sure, there's some good lakes out there, but uh, some might be good in the spring, or some good, you know, midsummer or, or late fall. And the rest of the year is called fishing instead of catching. <laughs> now our yeah. kids from Tucson here, we go fishing out here, and they love to come up and see us in July because they say it's called catching up there. <laughs> so where, where do you fish down here in Arizona? I go down to Patagonia Lake when uh, they put in some trout in there. It's a stocking lake. It's a beautiful lake. And Lake Pleasant and uh, Roosevelt Lake up north for crappie and, and bass up there. Okay. But you're uh, you're convinced uh, Minnesota's where it's at still? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's only one other place that, uh, that's real close second, and that's down on Kentucky Lake. And the north end of Kentucky Lake is absolutely beautiful down there and it's got some real good bass fishing no walleye but they do have some good bass fishing what's your favorite kind of fish well is there any other besides walleye (laughs) i thought you might be going that direction (laughs) (laughs) you know i i've done some tv shows with gary and then by myself and uh it's always interesting uh i'll never forget one time when we were up off of raven's point with the eight ounce fireball jig from Northland Tackle. We were tipping with a nice sized fathead and I mean we were getting one just every little bit just uh, kind of rip jigging them and the father and their two boys come up there close and was watching us and Friday Gary said well we got to get in out of this crowd so we kind of went in towards shore and here come the father and the two kids and he come up beside us and Says, you know, I don't mind watching you guys catching fish like you're doing, but and throwing them back. But what in the world are you using, Gary? And Gary said, "Come on over here." And he come up close, and Gary had him a, a handful of the jigs we were using, showed him how to tie it and how to hook the minnows. And you talk about rewarding because I kind of kept an eye on them after they left us, and I, then I started seeing them catching walleye. So that was mm-hmm. that was real pleasure. 
Talk a little bit about uh, Lake Winnie and Lake that you are so passionate about. Um, what are your thoughts on the state of the lake right now? Well, it's it's still there, and it's really good. Uh, you know, a few years back, we got the petition against the DNR about uh, when they were putting their fry back in the lake. Mm-hmm. Everything was going right back up there in the Cutfoot Sioux, which is wrong. I believe we have families of walleye and perch around that lake. Sure, they do a lot of swimming, but we have families. And, and if you get in there and annihilate that family, it's going to take a long time to come back. So after this petition we got against them, they're supposed to uh, notify a resorter when they were going to dump, and they put them into different sections of the lake, which I think is the right thing to do. Like they might put them down there off Little Stony one year. They might put them up there off of Harry Lake another year. Uh, they might put them off of uh, Tamarack Point there another year. And it's scattering them around, and, and that's really showing. Because now you can catch walleye over the whole lake. And another neat thing is you can catch them about any, any way that you like to fish. You can rig them. You can jig them. You can pull spinners, pull cranks. Whatever you like to fish, and you're going to catch some walleye. I have heard reports that with uh, some of the uh, uh, AIS that's in there, that the water has gotten a little clearer. Have you noticed that? Yeah, that's because of a kind of a goof up. I think over there, uh, Knutson Dam. When they rebuilt that, I tried to get them to build a new dam and then uh, tear the old one out. And instead of doing that, they just ripped the old one out and put it in and. Lo and behold, two years later, we got that uh, starry wart, that invasive weed, all along our west shore and up there in the mouth of the river, and that's in different parts of the lake. And that really bothered me because it affected the fishing, and and when it affected the fishing, what I'm talking about, it was moving the fish. Because the starry wart is real thick weed, and even the bait food, the little minnows couldn't even swim in around it. So that would move the fish out of areas where that starry water was and put them into different sections of the lake. And with that, why then we got the doggone snells that came in there, and that kind of would help clear the lake up a little bit, too. And we're fishing different now than what we did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, we definitely are. Um, yep, it's all because of this uh, starry wart stuff and these all this invasive species that we have coming into our lake. And uh, thank God for our tackle company, like Northland there, you know, they're staying on top of that, and they're giving the fishermen what it takes to catch fish, and, and I'm really thankful for that, because otherwise we'd be kind of out of luck. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Pine Ridge Service, DS Beverages, Bond and Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out at kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. Talking with Captain Ron Hunter, one of the latest inductees into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted down at the Minneapolis Sports Show in March. Um, and we were discussing the changes on Lake Winnie due to, primarily, 
AIS. And all of a sudden, you've got to really adjust your whole perspective on, on a body of water because of this. Yep, and with our new electronics that we got, it's really, really helping us out. You know, we're, we got structure scan now, and you can do your own mapping if you want to. You know, years ago, we used to use some trees and on the different parts of the shoreline and your wristwatch and the RPM of your launch and your compass, and that's how we used to navigate. And now we can drive right to our spot and drive it. If we see fish, then we can fish it. So that increased our fishing time. And when you increase your fishing time, you're going to be more productive. Yeah. Well, tell me, uh, you know, back when you were a kid, you, you mentioned you guys came up and, and went to Judd's Resort on vacation. So you have been fishing ever since you can remember. All the time. Uh, even down on, when I was a real pup, ten, down on 10 Mile Lake at Camp Iowa, uh, used a little short cutoff cane pole on their dock, filled a cream can full of bunnies uh, and crappies. Mom and Dad come in off the lake and says, well, son, I think it's time you learn how to clean fish. I think I was about eight, maybe nine at that time. So um, what is it about fishing that you just can't get enough of? It gets in your blood. You know, it's so peaceful and calm and and takes all your stress away from you. Matter of fact, our launches uh, had them named Therapy 1, Therapy 2, and Therapy 3 because what a great, great therapy being out on that lake. And uh, More than once I'd see somebody, I'd be going by them, and, and they'd be all uptight, you know, staring at their rod and hanging on to it with both hands and everything, and I could see them being all tensed up. I'd say, kick back and relax, you know, take it easy. This fish is fun. No time at all to be seeing the rod, man. <laughs> you, uh, now that you're in Arizona, no more ice fishing for you. Do you miss that at all? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, ice fishing and snowmobiling, and, and I think about it quite often. And uh, I got a lot of pictures with me, so I, I reminisce down here once in a while. But I, I kind of miss going out and digging, digging holes, you know, and, and, and going on them and with this new electronics, you know, find them through the ice, uh, we got this uh, one thing now, it's called a fish hunter. It's just awesome where you can have uh, three or four or five holes and put a fish hunter down each one of these holes. And it's an app you put on your phone. And then you can just go from fish hunter to fish hunter until you see some fish. Then you can go to that hole and start start catching them. Wow. Um yeah, the, the the whole world has changed fishing wise. Even since I've been doing this show, you know, twenty some years now. Uh, what is the biggest change you've noticed as far as uh, like equipment and that type of thing? Oh, it's got to be electronic. Yeah, it's just unreal. I remember when years ago I go up up north to judge fishing, and Dad would put me up there in the bow of the boat with three ounces of lead. And, fish me straight up and down and when he'd see me going down he knew he's going off the bar so that he could pull the boat back up and then when i got a little older and realized what he was doing i bought him a, a green box <laughs> so then i could fish normal like everybody else <laughs> but 
But, uh, you know, there's been so many changes, like the four-stroke outboard motors now. They're so quiet. You don't have to holler at each other when you're out there investing. Uh, the boats now are so smooth. And, and then we got some people that's making these uh, spring-loaded seats and shock absorber seats, which even makes it smoother and it's so comfortable. You know, years ago when we had the old lap straight wooden boats and mom would make up a picnic basket full of food because you'd have your old eight horse or five horse motor and take all day to get somewhere. We'd be out there all day and at the end of the day you were dead tired. Now with this new boats and motors that we got and they got power steering on the motors, well you can go out there eight, ten, twelve hours and still come in feeling nice and fresh. You um, were in a, in a business where you were fishing every day. Um, and, you know, some people would say, boy, you do something every day, you're going to get sick of it eventually. doesn't sound like you ever got sick of fishing. Never. <laughs> Never. That's just, I would look forward to every day because every day was different. You know, your wind direction has a big factor. The time of year is another factor. And that's so much fun trying to figure out where them fish are going to be. And then you talk about being rewarded. When you go to those areas, well, we used to just have to fish it, you know, because Flasher did good. Don't get me wrong, you can still see some fish. But with this new stuff, you pull into a spot and you see the fish, and you fish them, and you start catching them. Like last summer when I had a... a a Vietnam vet described uh, with PTSD, and he was from Iowa. And I had him out, and off of some humps, a little bitty humps there just south of Horseshoe. And Mike, I pulled on this one, and you ought to have seen that fish finder. It lit up like a Christmas tree. And we swung around there, and we dropped a jig and uh, half a crawler down there, and, and never moved. We just kind of vertical jigged them, and it just had a blast. Uh, you talk about rewarding, I uploaded his picture to my Facebook, and he was just grinning from ear to ear, and their daughter called Kim, their mother, that night. said, did you see Dad smiling? I haven't seen him smile since since he got home from Afghanistan. Wow. So there you go for therapy, you know. It's just, and that guy has changed a lot since he's been up there fishing. He's already made plans for uh, next June to come up. All right. That's uh, yeah. Those are the stories I think that keep people coming back. Certainly, um, it's uh, it's it's a rewarding activity. Certainly, and I, I it's I hear so many of those stories, and I think that's uh, that's kind of unique to fishing. Well, I, I, you know, I could tell you stories all day long about how things have changed, and and uh, and it's all been for the better. You know, I mean, I haven't seen any negative stuff with it. Uh, I just wish the DNR would be a little bit more constructive and listen to a lot of the locals instead of taking stuff out of a book text. They need to talk to somebody local that lives there and fish there all the time. And, uh, they got more of an understanding of the lake than any doggone book. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, people have been there for, for their whole lives. Uh, know things that, uh, it's just amazing, you know, uh, and you know, you know, I've talked to a lot of different people. It's just amazing uh, what people know uh, who who just uh, you know, kind of like fish whisperers. They just know what's going on. 
Yeah, we don't want to get started on that. That's a whole new, a whole new story. <laughs> hey, uh, besides your family, and obviously your dad and mom taking you up uh, vacationing and teaching you to fish were, were huge factors in your life. Who would you say is uh, kind of your uh, your uh, model uh, of your professional career? I'd say uh, Gary Roach and Al Ender. You know, they've done those two guys have done more for the fishing industry and the walleye fishing than any hundred people. I mean, uh, they they started, you know, at the uh, grassroots level. And the things they've come up with, designs, the idea, like the roach rig, uh, I use that faithfully all the time so I can adjust my snell when I'm live baiting. Uh, It's just so much easier. Uh, those two guys, though, I just can't say enough good about them. When you uh, you were growing up, obviously you were fishing on on uh, on Lake Winnie growing up as well. So it obviously was something that you knew real well. Um, besides just the familiarity, what is it about Lake Winnie that you maybe like better than some of the other lakes? Our structure. You know, we've got sand in there. We've got drop offs. We've got rock piles. We've got some wood in there. Uh, we've always got a current in Winnie uh, with the Mississippi flowing through there. And when they regulate the dam, you know, it depends on uh, the water going out is what your current is. And I think that's why our fishing is good. You know, we got the shallow water weed lines. We've also get now with the shoreline being stabilized, we're get, also getting a lot of nice weeds out on the bars. And I'm not talking about the big, thick, heavy weeds that are hard to fish. I'm talking about there's kind of scattered, but it's enough to hold bait food. And as long as we get some bait food in amongst them sparse weeds, your walleyes are going to find them. And that's why we can catch fish from one end of that lake to the other. It is a, it's a lake you, you hear a lot about, but yet, uh, you know, it doesn't get quite the publicity of, say, Leech Lake, Red Lake, things like that. And, and maybe that makes it a little more uh, quiet out there than some of those other lakes. You know, really good fishermen, they like to keep secrets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, I don't know, we just don't get the publicity, like you said. After we got out of the uh, resort, I used to post uh, fishing reports, you know, on my website. Uh, about every few days I'd have a fishing report. Uh, I'd, I'd almost tell them when they could set the hook. Uh, the main thing is when people fish one day, you know, if you're live baiting, you want to make sure you got some live bait on your hook. So, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we're getting some other folks, you know, that are doing some uh, promoting there on Winnie, uh, giving fishing reports, and they're doing a darn good job of it. I, I personally haven't been posting many fishing reports because of stuff that. Uh, I want to keep kind of private where I'm at. And also with this new mapping that we have, the contours and stuff, nothing's a secret anymore. You know, them humps, years ago, uh, Bob Klein down there at Nodak, him and I were about the only two people that would fish that except, uh, you know, and Jerry Cleveland, except for the North Bar and Zoomer's Bar and that, it was pretty well known. And I'd drive over these little humps, and I'd mark them when the GPS first came out. 
and if fishing got a little bit slow, then I'd go drive these little bitty humps, and I'd see fish, and I'd sit there and start fishing them, and we'd catch fish. Now with these new maps, <laughs> all them humps are on the contours, so they're not much of a secret anymore. You know, one of the other things, a couple of the other things about Winnie that make it, I think, a really nice lake is even if we're having a tough walleye day, you've you've got a really nice population of northerns there that have always been solid size. I know we're fighting hard now, coming up, trying to come up with creative ideas and new regulations to get those uh, northern sizes up. You've always had nice size northern on that lake, and you've also had some of the nicest perch, consistently nice perch on Lake Winnie as well. Oh, it's unbelievable, and because of that water that we have, you know, it's always pretty cool in there, and it makes a good, firm meat. And northern, you you know, you can get them shallow, you can get them deep, you can even get them in between. And uh, that's one of the things that a lot of fishermen don't realize, and you know, an old-timer told me this many years ago. He said, you want to start off shallow, and if they're not shallow, you go out deep. And if they're not out deep, you got to be somewhere in between. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, lot, lot of. Think about that, Kevin. You get it. <laughs> but uh, one thing a lot of people overlook too is the Mississippi River where it comes in. My mm-hmm. golly, the foliage that's up in there and the northern pike and stuff that gets in there. And yeah, I'm sure you'll get a few grubs in a perch, but you get away from the mouth a little bit, and, and they're nice and clean. And, and all that is just more, more protein for you, right? So what's your plan? You're you're in Arizona for how long before you head back north? Well, we'll be heading back in March. Uh, I want to be there for the induction, and then straight from there I go into uh, Spring Valley, Illinois, for an MWC walleye tournament. And then I'll have a week between that one and the next one, which will be out in Sandusky, Ohio. Okay. And then eventually you'll get back to Winnie. Hopefully I'm going to be there for the second the second. Weekend after the opener. Okay. Last last year I was fortunate I was home for the opener again. And I sure miss the opener. You know, there's nothing like the opener because you, your old friends are there and you sit around and bat the breeze and, and relive some old fishing trips. And that's fun. That's, that's part of the opener. A lot of people want to get into the fishing business one way or the other. Um, what good practical piece of advice would you give somebody who's trying to make a career out of this? Well, one of the main things is, is like, be a good walleye fisherman, you got to have patience. And that patience is what it takes uh, for anything in life. You know, you can't rush into things. And uh, Like an old-timer used to tell me, pay your dues and you'll get there. Uh, want, and promote you know, I don't care what you're using. If you're using one thing, promote it. Talk about it, uh, no matter where you're at. Uh, like me with the Lorance stuff, uh, I do it in stores. I've I worked on units and parking lots uh, along the interstate and rest areas, uh, motels, people's homes. I've even had them come out to our place and they work on them. You know, promotion, that's what it takes. And promote good products that you believe in and believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, which I didn't realize that's what I've been doing all these years, <laughs> and then you're going to get somewhere. 
Well, Ron, you, nobody more deserving to be into the uh, Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame than, than you. Uh, I'm very pleased to hear about it and want to wish you uh, congratulations and have a great rest of the winter. Well, thank you very much. I'm really, really happy about it. I, I, you know, I think kind of bad, too, because there's so many great fishermen that we got here in Minnesota, and, and I'm so fortunate to be able to get nominated and get elected in there. It's, it's a real blessing. It is indeed, and uh, and yeah, you look around at some of the other people that are in there. You are definitely in there with some elite anglers. That's that's got to make you feel pretty good. Oh, it does. It does. I was in cloud nine for a long time. <laughs> All right, Ron Hunter. He's headed into the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame. He'll be up here back north uh, in May, fishing Lake Winnie, one of his favorite spots in the entire world. Ron, we thank you so much for your time today, and, and once again, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And they try to find me or something. You know, I do a lot of posting on Facebook, so I either go under Ron Hunter or Captain Ron, so they'll find me. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, have a good one, Kevin. Thank you very much. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KVUNFM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. It seemed like we never leave work. We'll never meet this project deadline. There's too many moving parts from too many teams. Then we realized we had Miro, our online whiteboard, our way out. Hey, David, where's the user research? I see the Chicago team adding it to the Miro board right now. Let's add a project timeline. Miro has a template for that. Done. That was easy. Nice. The Tokyo team's online. I'll get them to add the design sketches. Ready to share the Miro board with the leadership team? Let's go. That, my friend, is the sweet sound of another project in the bag. Miro's visual online whiteboard gives your team the right tools, tech, and templates to share input and get feedback in real time. So you have fewer meetings and more time to get the job done. Get your first three boards free today at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.